Hi, my name is Sean. These are my friends Jamie up there and Chris Ford down there. Almost called Jamie Chris. Usually Chris is up here and I resist change. And this is Avatar The Last Podcasters. And we're very excited to have a special guest on today. As you've probably seen, that's Jamie. And also to talk about the search. First of all, how is everyone doing? Let's start with Jamie. Let's start the guest. Hello. And um, yes, thank you once again for having me back um, on a very uh, special themed episode. Um, And I'm doing very well. I do want to make it known to the podcasters that I got two cats and in the spirit of the way that I am, as we all know on this podcast, I named the boy Zuko. (laughs) And then we ended up getting the the sister as well. So I obviously named her Azula. And that is my update. (laughs) This is how it happened. Jamie was like, Yo, if you guys let me be on your podcast one more time, I'll name my cats after Avatar characters and be like, both of those things sound like they would be independently amazing. And then she did it. No, that's not how it happened. I mean, I have to solidify myself <laughs> as a true Avatar fan. Otherwise, like, how am I allowed to be on the podcast? I don't and I don't know. And I don't know what I've done yet. So I probably don't belong here. But I, I have a feeling Chris belongs here. I can see the stuff on oh, your yeah. shelf. I should have tried to one-up you... I should have tried to one up you and name my daughter Cora. But I was gonna say it was too late. Yeah, but yeah. My daughter was born in, in twenty twelve and Cora came out two thousand eleven. So, you know, my, my love for Cora was there, but it wasn't like, oh, I should name my daughter after her type of deal. But you it's, have had two but, sons since yeah, then. If you had another girl, would you do it though? Like now? <laughs> um you know, funny enough, my my wife, I think she was just trying to like shows a vague interest in an in avatar probably because i told her i've made like a thousand dollars at least in youtube money um, so she was like who had a daughter like what yeah. what uh what airbender name <laughs> what airbender name would you give her and i knew she meant to say avatar as in the whole series yeah like, oh well, airbender and so i tried to use it i was like airbender names well you know there's not that many of them because they all die there was a huge Genocide. Yang yeah, Ken, tell your pregnant wife that. Probably Genora. Cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, but we're not having any more kids. We're, we're, we're good at three. Oh. <laughs> Genora's a cute name, though. I take, And you know what? Cora is a cute name. I like Cora's them both. Really Go either way. So I didn't put a news slide on here, but I figure we should like tackle the elephant in the room. I hope everybody went and checked out Chris and me complaining for 40 minutes about the horrible news we got yesterday. But I thought if it was okay with Chris, uh, I would ask Jamie what her opinions were on the horrible Netflix shattering news. Yeah, this, uh, oof, that, that really hurt. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, kind of like not, really surprised because okay ugh, I'm all right two parts on the one hand I'm not surprised because (laughs) this was going to be such a struggle like this live action was going to be such a struggle I was going to really be on the edge of my seat like waiting to see how they could even like remotely pull it off um I don't know like I I was really concerned from the get-go but I wanted to keep faith because the creators were involved but now I am surprised that Netflix, according to um, Brian Kanisko's letter, 
were not following through on their promises and they left because of creative integrity, which really surprises me given how badly the movie, the live action movie failed and how many fans were just so outraged by it. In addition to other properties that Netflix has tried to adapt and also failed to follow through on creative integrity. So I don't understand why that would have happened. Like, I don't understand how they didn't know what they were getting into when they started out. And that it just surprises me that, that after all of that, all of the fans, all of the gripe that the live action gets, how beloved the series is, how they would still let this happen. I don't know. Jamie works for a serious news outlet. I don't want to share too much, right? But she works for a serious news outlet. So her opinions are their own credible source. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. yeah. We, oh, yeah. yeah. We, we yeah, did. I don't know. I was hoping, I was hoping you were going to come in with a scoop. <laughs> oh, the first I, know. I, I don't know. I don't. I do not work for Netflix. And I do not know anything about what happened on the production level. I just. This is just like, yeah, my personal. Like, I don't really know how that would have happened. But. You know, working in TV, I can say that, like, things have to go through a ton of different hands, and there's a lot of different, you know, chefs in the kitchen, and I can see how how things could get away easily. I just, I don't understand in, like, the, the broader scope of the project how someone wasn't able to, like, wrangle it back in and be like, no, like, we need to stick to what we know is going to work I, I don't know, but it's it's a complicated process. I, ultimately, I'm just really sad. <laughs> I'm sad because I don't think it's going to be good without the creators because it's not an easy show to adapt. Well, not at all. Since you don't have an official, first of all, I don't keep up with, with this kind of thing uh, very well. You could have come in and told me that your company owns Netflix, and I'd have just been like, okay. But no, we, my company does not own Netflix. <laughs> I wouldn't have known any better, but I do want to call out that Chris and I, since you can't refute it and you don't have any additional scoops, I think Chris and my theories that uh, Netflix is pushing Zutara is what chased Brian yeah. and Michael away. I think that's the only yeah. logical answer. We were blaming Zutara fans. Yeah, I I can see like why you. you two would come at the Zutara fans for that. Um, we just want you to know that it's your fault that it didn't work out. So That's it's all. Not, it's my fault that the Netflix adaptation <laughs> has preemptively failed. That, before it even gets on air, it's my fault. Um, yeah, well, I will say that if you remember back in like the, maybe it was even the first episode that I did with you guys, we were talking about how maybe they might try to push Zutara a little bit more in the mm -hmm. live action given how much support it has gotten over the years. I remember it like it was last year. <laughs> yeah, but um, maybe they pushed a little too far. I don't know. I'm not really sure. I, I, I wasn't there. Well, it was, it, was, it was totally a joke. We're not going to actually blame Zutara fans. It's just impossible to not make that joke. But I do want to say that Chris pointed out the poll that Netflix put for Zutara was yeah. like 39% yeah, so like Zutara. And that's the thing. 39.8% Katang. Uh, yeah, wait, 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 wait. I didn't even see the official numbers of what it ended up with. I was very surprised. Yeah, Katang pulled it out. Barely. So, by <laughs> what, 0.04 or something? That. Yeah, it, it was, was. Really close. Okay, well. So when Canon is b barely beaten, you know, uh, fan Canon like that, I don't know, something to be said for that. So way to hold your ground, Zutara people. Way to hold your ground.
we did, yeah we showed up okay that's yeah. the thing we're gonna, we're gonna keep showing up that's what matters not like those we're jet people when we did that poll no <laughs> i just assumed everybody right. liked jet but turns out everybody knows that he's yeah, dead you're wrong yeah which is fine because i'm also like i still win in this case by being wrong like jet is a douchebag <laughs> chris at some point in there i totally interrupted you asking something else and i apologize i had no idea what i was gonna say um I don't know if that's anything, but yeah, I um, yeah, we 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 shared a lot of our thoughts about it. Long story short, I think Netflix wanted to age up the characters, sexualize a little bit more, maybe do more shipping, probably more romantic tri- love triangles, things like that, because uh, those things aren't. Brian specifically yeah. said it wasn't, it wasn't the uh, in the spirit of the show, and to me, those things conflict with the spirit of the show, and I don't see why. I don't see how they would change the story because the, the story works. <laughs> I, was, I was number one on Netflix for a very long time. And to me, that seems like an executive thing to do is be like, executives, I think, love to control the cast a lot. A lot of times casting is just like an executive owes someone else a favor or they think they ran some type of analysis saying that adults won't watch kids do stuff or, or something like that. So I, I could see casting being a huge factor in that and probably just a lot of little things that broke the camel's back a lot of little straws and nobody knows broken numerical analysis like chris and i we dabbled in it for years (laughs) in my mind somebody like some netflix guy like brian and michael and this creative group are like at this big table talking about it and some like netflix vp like walks in the room he just got done watching game of thrones (laughs) he walks in the room slaps a poster on the wall he's like you guys know what this needs sex and everybody's just like are you in the right room and then it all broke down from there that's in my mind that's what happened that's what happened i i don't know that i agree that it was all because they wanted to lean more into shipping i don't know shipping was a small part shipping was a small part the biggest part was the the casting yeah, I definitely do agree with that. I think they were definitely going to age up the characters because I think that it would have been a struggle to watch, like, well, I don't know. I mean, Aang is 12, but, like, Sokka and Zuko are both, like, 16. So I think that would have been the age that they're trying to hit around. Like, probably, like, they're aiming for probably 16-year-olds-ish in there somewhere. A true 12-year-old Aang um, would be hard to peg I think well, it would be for really sure. Hard to watch. But that like, being said... Yeah. Netflix did an awesome job with Stranger Things. Like that show was so well done because those child actors were just like incredible. So like Netflix, this is not new territory for them. They could work with child actors. So I don't, I'm not sure like why maybe that specifically would have been it. I don't, I don't know why like shipping would have been more of their pull because uh, see, I'm so torn because like, I really like Stranger Things, especially the early seasons but yeah. I don't really like Netflix's like YA stuff. And I don't really like their teen genre. So if they were trying to move Avatar like more into their teen genre and away from like a Stranger Things type situation, there might have been a lot of issues. But I don't know. I mean, it's such a strong story, and animation was totally the way to go with it the first time around. Like, you know, some media fit certain stories and vice versa like and i think that trying to adapt this was already going to be a struggle (laughs) 
So yeah, yeah, it's just I'm sad. Well, I'm I'm curious to see what actually happens though with it. <laughs> like I'm I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what comes out of that. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna oh, watch yeah. it anyway. We're gonna watch it. We're gonna we're gonna watch it. But... And then when it happens, it will probably be much more obvious to us where the breakdown occurred. I have a feeling. Oh my gosh, I can. I, I think can it would. I think it would have to be obvious. Yeah. We're... I can. YouTube videos now. We're like, gonna turn it on, and it's just gonna be the widest group of actors, and they're all gonna be in their thirties, and we're just gonna know right away. We we nailed yeah. it. No, I just, do not do not whitewash them, please. I don't. I don't actually think the whitewashing will be the issue at all. It just sounded funnier, funnier in my head than it did when I said it out loud. Uh, no, I think, but I'm just I'm just saying. I really hope that's. I hope beyond hope that they do not whitewash these yeah. characters. We shall see. Thank you anyway. for yeah. Thank you for indulging my conversation. Like I said I didn't really include a news slide, but we, we couldn't. I don't know. We couldn't not say something. But yeah. Yeah. if if nobody else has any lingering comments to get off their chests, we will jump into the topic at hand, which is the search. I, I you know I said last comments and I didn't actually give you guys a chance to say any comments. So I guess it's over. Oh, Let's talk no. about the search. This is the second volume in the Avatar: The Last Airbender comic book series. I forgot to look when it came out. We did an episode previously on The Promise. And this one is very, uh, let's call it like Jamie appropriate. Like she wanted to be here for this one specifically. And she said so some time ago. Spicy. It's a spicy story. Kind of wild. I love it. it. It's twists and turns. and It is not at all what I expected. And I will say that Chris has never revealed too much. Like, I think he always anticipated that I would have to uh, to catch up in him at some point. And he never revealed much. And it was way wilder than anything I expected. But as usual, yeah. I think let's just start by, like, with the standard walkthrough. For you guys' reference, I only put three slides on here. I just split it into the three parts, which don't even have titles. I just created bad titles. So part, let's talk part one. Uh, yeah, part one, to me, part one is very, like, introductory. Um, so you get a quick flashback of Ursa, and you do know she's Ursa, right? Yeah, I believe she says they're Ursa. And her boyfriend, Akeem, I feel like that's not the right way to say it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, Akeem, and, like, they're really happy, living a happy life. And that, to me, that's a great way to just introduce <laughs> this happy feeling. Well, you know, like tragedy is gonna happen, <laughs> but he also proposes to her, and she says yes. Like they're they're a really cute couple. Like they're a very, very cute couple. It's real cute, real cute. Yeah, but. I think yeah. This first section um, is really fun because I it it just kind of catches you like totally off guard, like you. That's not how we expected to see her. If we even saw her, I mean, like, I don't know. I think like one thing, like the search, it's supposed to be all about Zuko trying to find his mother. And it's interesting that it just opens with her right away um, in, a, in a previous life, a past life before the Fire Nation attacked. I, uh... Which I think is a great way that it doesn't focus, but it puts a big lens, a big focus on, on Ursa because, you know, oftentimes... Uh, you know, female characters are a derivative of, of male characters. Like they're only there to really support them. And I think Ursa gets a lot. This book is really about Ursa. I mean, she has the flashbacks in it. Um, 
and also it's about Azula. <laughs> Those are really the two most important people. Zuko is almost, um, he's just kind of the catalyst. He's kind of just a vehicle moving. almost. Yeah. Yeah. Like a literal vehicle. But, he's the one that actually moves mm-hmm. the story from place to place. Good job, yeah. Zuko. Um, and then we, we, we pick up with, the, with Team Avatar and I forgot what city they're in. They're not in Republic City because that doesn't come up yet. They're in a little down, anyway, some city. Yao, Yao Dao, Yao, Yo Dao, Yo Dao, that's what it's called. And pretty much they're just talking to this foreign guy and Zuko's like, I got, I'm, I'm lost. Zuko's been lost before, which, Jamie, how do you feel about Zuko still not having his stuff together? <laughs> Whew, yeah, this one, I, uh, this is going to be an interesting episode in which I have, I'm, I'm like very like two sides of the same coin on a lot of the stuff that happens in here, because on one hand, it's a little bit exhausting to come to the, I, but I don't know, because like after the promise, I mean, Zuko was still fighting with Team Avatar, which is like still exhausting yeah. for me. I was like, why like i just want to get his time being nice um and so we come to this one i'm like oh it would be so nice if he could just be chill now but also on the other hand it just doesn't really work like that you know he's still virtually a child trying to be the fire lord and he did not have the easiest time coming into that position so i can I can recognize that. And also I think it is kind of very sweet that he still has this part of himself that he cannot move on from like his mother. He doesn't know what happened to her. So I think that like he can never really become this fully realized person until he completes this. He finds this like missing part of himself. So I guess I understand it, but, but yeah, it, t- it takes a while. Yeah. Uh, then in a flashback, we learn Ursa after she's like proposed to, she uh, she goes home to her mom and her, and her mom's all sad because the Fire Lord is there to greet them, and he's with his son Prince uh, Ozai, and he pretty much forces them to marry to marry their daughter off to their son because she mm-hmm. is the descendant of Avatar Roku. The sages say that uh, children between these two lineages should produce really great like firebenders and great power they'll help ensure the family's rule for centuries after he's gone which is stupid logic because avatar is not genetic that's dumb get your act together i mean there's half genetics well like because you have an ancestor that's the avatar does not in any way going to contribute to you having better bending genetically i I don't believe that for a second because that would mean the avatar is like segregated to better bending families sort of or would imply that well i think roku was probably a really great firebender and then like sure he might have not been good at other ones but you can be like really great at your natural element and then pass kind of that down like Toph right and, but that's separate Aang. from the avatar that's separate from being the avatar like they yeah I just think them him as as Roku because they knew Roku was a powerful firebender just him as Roku was a other, I totally I, guess that's I totally Whether read it in an avatar way like listen this kid uh, you know, is yeah, not I think an you're avatar right. you could be right yeah 
Because kind of, the fire just tell me that the pairing of the avatar's granddaughter with my own son will yield a bloodline of great power. So I it could go either way. Yeah, I just got mad. Right? I was like, "That's stupid." Yeah. But that's a good point, yeah. though, John. That's that's a quite semantic argument, but I think it has a lot of merit because I did not think about that at all, and that's a really good catch. They just well, do it. Just it's just a. Uh, it's like a clickbait article, man. That's all they're going for. Just going for views. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we'll get to we we'll get into the crux of the story because Zuko's like, I got a my whole my own family, I'm holding them hostage. Not hostage, holding them in prisons. <laughs> um and and he wants to connect with them more. So he lets like Azula talk to Ozai and he goes and brings them both tea. And Azula's still like crazy. She's um she, yeah, she's, she's still a little off, off a rocker, and I really do love the art in this book. It, it to me, it, to me, they raise the level up from the promise, especially with Azula's expressions, because there's certain expressions in here where Azula is just like, like it's this one is here, not that one, that one there. Like, they do such a good job of just drawing her in so many different expressions. Like that one just says a lot. Um, I think they did a good a good job of to me it felt a little more differentiated from from the artwork of the show but kind of in a good way like it felt distinct. Yeah. Um but yeah so then and all the artwork in these comics which is really really fun. Yeah. So is it still going crazy? Uh, man, they go. They flash back a lot in this book. <laughs> they flash back back to it, and pretty much Ursa has to break up with Akeem, and because pretty much she's gonna. I think at one point, Ozai. What does Ozai say? I think he pretty much threatens that he's gonna kill her, kill Akeem, because he comes out and tries to like fight, <laughs> fight yeah. Ozai to win Ursa's heart. <laughs> Yeah, she kind of has to lie to his face. It's really heartbreaking. She has to shatter his heart for his own safety. He says, because he's like, if you know, I will, if you really truly love Ozai, I will let you go. Like, your happiness is more important than mine. Yeah. And she can lie um, and, sell, and tell him that she's happy going with Ozai um, because that's the only way to keep him safe. And it's very, very heartbreaking. Hopefully he came to that realization later in life that he was, you know, she was protecting him, but very, very hard, hard for sure. Yeah. Uh, so then they go back. At one point when Azula was in a prison, she like leaps out and tries to attack Zuko with just like a plate and then entirely chi boxer. And then it comes to this point where Zuko is like, walking her out in a wheelchair and <laughs> it's because she's so crazy she's like she talks she talks to Zuko she's like have you ever been chi blocked Zuzu and he says no funny thing all your joints go soft like they're made of melted wax then for just a few moments as your strength returns you find yourself more flexible than you ever thought possible she then was able to break out of the straitjacket like it's so Azula <laughs> like use something that someone did against you and somehow find a way to make it make your benefit to 
to make it your yeah. advantage. And then she lightning bends at him. It made me super mad that she had to monologue while she did it, though. Like, you know what, Azuli, you'd be a lot better off in life if you stopped doing that. No, you have to do the monologue, Sean. Mm, I don't. Sets I don't need up. the bad guy monologues, except in comedy. But then, movies. but then you're, but then you're stuck wondering how did she get out of the straitjacket? Yeah. Which is a great mystery. It's so, she, that's so <laughs> classic of her, though. Like, I just finished, like, literally right before we were, we came on here. I just finished watching Day of Black Sun. And there's like a part where Toph has her in like a constraint, like a wrist constraint against the wall. And it's day of black sense, the eclipse, so she doesn't have firebending, but right as the like eclipse comes back and she realizes the firebending is coming back, like her hands are up against the wall, but she like kicks and firebends like with her legs. And it's more than enough power to like break her out. And it's, yeah, so she's, she's an escape artist. <laughs> That is for sure. She has no problems getting out of out of those situations. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so she escapes Zuko's grasp because her and her father, even though they didn't say a single word to each other, apparently in prison, like they just stared at each other, which is weird. It's like weird father daughter bonding time. Um, <laughs> Not in a creepy way, I'm saying just weird just staring at each other. But then <laughs> communicate to each other. I bet they were doing like Morse code with their eye blinking, probably. Yeah. That's the only way he can communicate to her, like, hey, go check in my room, in my chest, there's a letter that can make Zuko not the heir to the throne. Yeah. I just didn't like how they were supposedly like in jail together because I'm like those two could be up to some serious shenanigans. Like he doesn't have his bending, but that doesn't mean he can't. Ugh. Don't I don't like. It. I don't like it. I don't like it. I agree. I don't Isolation like for those clowns. Yeah. No. 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 Do not leave them. They could come up with something wild. I don't know why you would even. And Azula still has her bending, and she's still powerful. I, I don't know why they would have let that happen. Yeah, you know what? On that note, let's go ahead and energy bend Azula also, like, just to be safe. Yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> like, she's but not going to do anything good why, with but... her powers at this point. I mean, maybe she does in other comics, but I don't care yet. Just whatever. I kind of, yeah, I do. Get, I kind of get why, like, maybe they wouldn't, because Azula, we often forget, is supposed to be, like, 14, which obviously, like, she doesn't come across that old and you wouldn't want to yeah i mean she i mean she looks more like she's like 18 honestly but if ang is younger than her and he energy bends her and he's younger maybe it doesn't look so bad like he got energy bended by a kid whatever not our problem that that, that is true (laughs) yeah ageism (laughs) at its finest coming out of sean's mouth i'm sorry i mean if i had to guess the reason why they didn't because it seemed like a risk in the first place and you know, it just seems like a if she's locked up and everything it's an unnecessary risk yeah that's true i mean it but, seems kind of cruel to like take away someone's bending yeah and the ultimate yeah. reason which i guess it is but in the imbalance book ang deliberates between taking away this this another villain's bending away and katara's like sure you didn't kill ozai but like if someone took my bending away from me it will feel like they took an ascension of myself away from me yeah. like it would it wouldn't like i would hate it that's and i ain't kind of thought about 
that in a different way. That, I don't think I've, I actually know I've not read Imbalance and that it gets into some really interesting stuff about like the merits of, and I don't really know how this ties to Decora, but the merits of like non-benders in those societies because are you you know if you if you feel like yeah. part of personhood is gone because you now don't have bending if you feel like you literally can't be yourself because of this thing that happened to you that that is really interesting there are some interesting conversations there and i think Cora tries to get at that on multiple different occasions and we can discuss this later, but I don't think they succeed. But anyway, <laughs> as well as they could have. I just picture Katara telling that to Aang, like, man, you just as well have killed him. And Aang's like, you're right, I killed him. <laughs> and then Aang never sleeps again. And then he dies young. Well, not... In a way, we still don't know. Yeah. Not young, young, but like, you know, the biological body age young. Still 160, whatever. Uh, yeah, so Azula then gets a letter, and then, man, they show this, and they flash right back. So they do a lot of flashbacks. They flash right back to uh, to Ursa and Oza's wedding, which it looks beautiful, honestly, <laughs> but because the art, again, is so good in this book, but like, she just has so much sadness. Oh. Yeah, she just has so much sadness on her face. It's like a beautiful dress also, like this this it's uh yeah no one can see that maybe they can yeah we can see it that's good okay Mm. um the thing i do love about this book is zuko's continuing efforts to try and get along with azula like Mm -hmm. he is he's so much trying to reach her because one thing he's he's her brother um her older brother like the tape he has to look after he's a whole two years older than azula like imagine if your little sister sure she was evil and stuff but she's still your little sister so you gotta protect her yeah yeah i i do i really like that zuko is trying to bond i like that zuko didn't completely back away or just completely like cut himself off from azula which i think would have been an easy thing to do you, he would have had lots of reason and no one would have questioned it, but I think it's really sweet that he does try because really he has Iroh, but otherwise, you know, she's kind of like his only connection to the past family that he once had. Um, yeah. And obviously his mother that he's looking for now, but I think it's really sweet that he makes that effort. And, um, and yeah, again, she is at the end of the day, just a kid. They're all just kids. And she has a lot of time to figure it out. So I'm glad that Zuko tries. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I want to read this terrible, terrible passage from Ozai being a terrible person. So at their wedding, he says, you have lovely parents. She says, they've always been good to me. Be sure to tell them that when you say goodbye, your last words should be filled with gratitude and kindness. So their memory of you will always be sweet. And she's like, last words. <laughs> As a princess of the Fire Nation, you must sever all ties to your past and devote yourself entirely to your new duties. After this day, do not mention hurrah, your family, or your old life ever again. You belong to the royal family now and to me. Like this guy is a straight creep. Like that is some like yeah, some some twisted uh, 
creeper stalker you type of stuff <laughs> i don't know if i didn't watch the show you but or no wait, is it you wait, what's yeah. that show that the guy yeah no that's you the one where he yeah where he stalks her yeah that's that's you also on netflix um at least his dad that... like tried to mask it in this you know greater good fire colony expansion right away but oza he's like an asshole right out of the gate I'm glad that you brought up this paragraph because when I first read the search, actually like rereading it, I didn't have as many problems with it as I did the first time around. But I'm glad you mentioned this because one thing that I admittedly do not particularly like about this uh, story is how it really villainizes Ozai like to the max. Like I, you know, we didn't actually know that much about Ozai from the original series. Like he was just, the big bad he obviously he tried to kill Zuko and we know that he didn't end up doing that because of Ursa stepped in and we get that backstory here but I was a little bit like they made him really really bad and I don't I was just like would it be more interesting if he was also kind of a product of a larger system or is it more interesting that he is this like really true like evil to the core kind of person um and i tend to like more complex villains so maybe at first i wasn't super into that but now i can i don't know i can i kind of feel like well maybe that is how people would be or how they would view if you were in a like if the royal family meant that much in in their in their uh expansion i don't know maybe they would act like that i don't know I think I think I'm fine with his. I don't I don't like the person he is, but some villains are are made not to be liked at all. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily call it bad writing. I'm sure they could have added more nuance to to him, make him a little bit more interesting than just shoving him down the path of being evil, even more evil, evil <laughs> than like anyone you've seen before. Like the the previous fire or Zulan at least was like sticking up for Iroh. Um, Sozin at least was like. He's, he appeared to have good meaning behind spreading the wealth. He to at the least nation. tried but, to mask it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go yeah. a little toward Both Jamie's direction like, of like, I, would, I wouldn't mind if it weren't like quite so on the nose, but it's okay. It didn't bother me much. See, I think where it works is that you compare that to Ursa, who's really kind, and then you compare Azula's mm-hmm. like in the middle there, like Azula to me is a product of that, um, and and you juxtapose Azula's character, you really juxtapose all the Fire Royal family with with each other and how they compare. Right, Azula is evil, but why is she evil? There's a reasoning behind that. Ozai is just completely evil. Ursa is is just kind of pure good. Zuko was very lost, and now he's more of that pure good type of character so understanding i think the family dynamics between them was really good and which is why i'm, I'm fine with ozai and not being any more interesting well not being any more <laughs> um <laughs> not not being any more redemptive yeah I, I, yeah I, mean, I definitely like want to clarify I don't, I don't i don't care to redeem ozai in any way or like really yeah no no i don't i, I didn't think you wanted to yeah yeah, but I think uh, uh, the other thing, too, is that I will say, like Sean mentioned at the beginning of this, the first time I read this, 
I was like totally shocked by what this comic was because major, major, major props to them for depicting this kind of like really toxic and abusive relationship. It's, um, yeah. Like they, I mean, again, these are, these comics are for young audiences. And so it was really like quite um, an interesting step to take to depict that at all. And also to, you know, to show that those kind of relationships exist and that they are toxic and that you can and should get out of them if, you know, if it's safe for you to do so. But, um, but that they complicate things a lot. Uh, so on, on the one hand, I'm a little annoyed that they made him so far evil um, that I was like, oh, I, I kind of wish that, that it was talking more about the evil of the whole system of the Fire Nation rather than the, this individual. But on the flip side, I think that, you know, it's probably pretty common that you would see kind of these loveless arranged marriages in royal families. Um, so I think that's an important depiction as well. Yeah. Uh, so in the book, the uh, Azula gets a letter and she pretty much tells Zuko like this is how we find mom this is how you find her and so Zuko gets him avatar back minus Toph so he has Katara, Aang, Sokka and he brings on Azula so they can go and find their mother. Um, there's a couple good I think character <laughs> moments in here between them like they're getting ready to like leave and Aang is like good morning Azula beautiful day for a trip isn't it like he's so full of like to her you know she's like pretty much killed him before but he's still super nice to her yeah Oof. it's a it's, it's a full 180 there that's for sure yeah um also i mean you, you also continue to see how crazy azula is because like they're all flying on top of appa and she's like so tell me kids I've been dying to know which of you miscreants did she approach first? And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like Azula, you know, she continues to think that her mother is conspiring against her so much that she recruits everybody to be against her. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Then and then she just <laughs> and then she just jumps off of Appa. To go off on her own uh, and everything and again this art I, I just really love the art in this book i should have gave it a higher score that we haven't gotten a score yet so but uh yeah but essentially they, they start getting into they start getting to the actual search they, they land in some city and azula continues to have these mental breakdowns like she's like at a at a river and she sees her mother in the in the lake and like she's talking to her it's one passage that I, I really enjoyed. I forget exactly where it's at. But at one point, somewhere in this book, her own her own uh, hallucination of her mother says like she doesn't know her destiny yet. And that's really interesting because that's Azula talking to herself. To me, that's good foundation for, for Azula maybe not fully completely having a redemption arc, but at least going in a different direction. Yeah, for sure. 
I think that, she, yeah, kind of like Zuko, she was told that she had one destiny, but that's not necessarily true. That was built on um, a lot of corruption. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then book one, pretty much, you know, they flash back, back again, and Ursa is like sending notes to Akeem, and a little go-between lady tells uh, Prince Ozai of it. And then in it, she like tells him like a deep secret and Ozai gets really mad. Um, but the rest of the rest of the book one is just kind of them finding this weird fox spirit, wolf spirit thingy. And I'm honestly not as interested in that stuff, but. Yeah, but book one does end with like the huge cliffhanger. Yes, so. So after they like fight this wolf spear thing, which, or it tracks them somewhere, something like that. Um, I really love this moment <laughs> that Sokka and Zuko having a great little little moment. So there you go. Jamie. We love to see it. We love to uh, see no, Chris, it. That one's for everybody, remember? <laughs> That's <laughs> we're, We were all thumbs up we're, for that. We're all Zuko shippers. Wait, I, I was not. Not, not not for any bad reason. I just love their he, brotherly relationship. I think you floated it, Jamie. Shipping. Can you back that up? I think you floated. I didn't. I didn't. You know what? Yes. I think you yes. floated. I think it had two ships and a float, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you could be right. Um. <laughs> no takes his backsies. It's on the internet. It's final. Yeah, yeah whatever you said back on then, the you internet. must do. You can that never is, change your opinion. Well, you know what? After this, I'm going to go listen to it. Um, okay. Actually, so, it is a fun nice... one to listen to. Yeah. That was one of our more uh, controversial episodes. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Jamie came on. Things got uh, spicy. Were... Hey, if you haven't listened to that one, I'll put it high in the links in this one. You got to go check it out. Yeah. That one was a fun one. Yeah. It was a blast. Uh, okay. So there's a really great Sokka Zuka moment. Like, they're, they're talking about their sisters. Um, uh, Zuka Azula is like shivering, right? You can see her shivering in her sleep. Lakatara is like cozied up by Appa. Like she even has hallucinations in her dreams. Um, and then the, the point that I like, Sokka goes to put a, a blanket over Katara. And one thing, they've been fighting a lot. And then Zuka says like, after all those snowballs to your forehead, you still look at, out after her. And then Saga says, I throw with kism at her. She throws snowballs at me. The relationship works. And then Zuko says, seems to me like you're getting the short end of the deal. And Saga says, Katara's my sister. When it comes to her, I don't mind getting the short end of the deal. And then, so then Zuko kind of tries to mirror Saga, what he does, so he goes to put a uh, blanket over Azula, and that's when he finds the note. And the note that's says, sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is sweet. Like, great, great Zuko trying to be a big brother moment. Like, I can't tell you how many times in my own house that, like, we, like, growing up, we would, like, fall asleep on the couch or on the floor, <laughs> and, and one of us would put, like, a blanket on, on the other one. Cute. <laughs> um, so, she, Zuko finds the letter. And it says, my dearest Akeem, it's taken me a long time to admit it, but you were right. I belong with you and nothing is worth this pain. My one consolation is our son, Zuko. When I look into his eyes, it is as, as if I'm looking into yours. My thoughts are with you always. Love, Ursa. 
And that's how book one ends. Jerry, 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 Jerry. <laughs> Oof, that's some drama there. Okay, so like, did did you got you all read this book in in one sitting, right, the first time? I did the yeah. YouTube thing again with like the read on. So I mean, they still show the art and everything, but yeah. Okay, so I, I read it as the books came out. So this was a huge cliffhanger right. until the next book came out it was like holy crap so it's not and i i didn't buy it to begin with because i'm like no i don't want this to happen because the whole point of Zuko is that he has both sides of 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 the fire nation back history and avatar roku's history um and also it was just took it was just taking a lot away from his character i thought but it was still an interesting development I, I do remember being like, I remember reading it and being like, oh, like, oh shit, like really? But then like after like the initial shock was there, which was so awesome. I love that. But I, I think like about two seconds after I read it and processed it, I was like, mm, probably not, probably not, but it's fun. It's a fun cliffhanger. That is for sure. Yeah. I didn't have to wait for the answer though. So you did, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then Ang shares Zuko shares it with Ang, and Zuko has like this weird clarity about it. He almost feels some levity of like, I'm not I'm not his son. That explains it all. That explains why he treated me this way. That mm-hmm. like it's almost as if Zuko is just trying to find his place in in the world and he never wanted it to be he didn't want it to be, he would rather have it be under nobody that he didn't know rather than be under Ozai. Yeah, kind of going back to some of the d- discussions that we've had earlier about Zuko's childhood, I, I think that that is kind of a, I, I mean, he's looking for a reason that like he's never going to stop looking for a reason for why Ozai treated him the way that he did, even though like, with um, children um, from like abusive households, obviously is not the child's fault ever. And they're still gonna, they're always wondering like, why doesn't that parent love you more? Like love me more? Like, I think that's like a very common Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And so he's like trying to just like rationale, like, oh, this is why Ozai didn't love me because I wasn't his. I mean, that's still no excuse for how Ozai treated him at all. Um, no one should be treated that way by anybody. Um, but so it is, it is like a weird moment of clarity. And for him that kind of like resolves something that I didn't think he really knew how to face, but it's also like quite sad to think about it, that he was looking for the answer to like, why didn't my father love me? Um, so yeah, it it is an interesting moment for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a flashback of Ozai pretty much putting a hit out <laughs> on Akeem, and he's uh, working with a Yuyan archer. Mm. But. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of threat of killing people <laughs> in this book. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, we are just, okay, we're going full force here. Yeah. Um, and then Azula realizes that Zuko has the paper. And they fight, which I think is one of the best fights in 
in any of the comics because one thing is hard to go from the show which has such beautiful animation and such beautiful choreography and then go to a very two-dimensional format um, sometimes it works but this time i think it works really well I don't know, for some reason the art just really lends itself to uh to this fight like a lot of times the fighting looks small in the comics but this time it it doesn't and for some reason it just has more there's just more movement <laughs> in it Um, but then Azula is like, wait a minute, you've had the note all night. Why didn't you burn it? Like this one note could delegitimize Zuko. And she even finds Zuko to be kind of off. <laughs> just like, why would you even do this? And Zuko's pretty much just like, I just want to find out the truth. He doesn't really tell her that he doesn't want to be, it's not that he doesn't want to be the Fire Lord. He doesn't want to be Ozai's son, which would not make him fire lord although to me that doesn't matter <laughs> like even if he wasn't his son the right to rule in the fire nation comes down to the might to rule like who has the most power yeah i mean but we know that i guess like that kind of came out in the kyoshi <clears throat> novels shadow shadow of kyoshi but yeah. i think that what's really interesting is that regardless of Zuko's feelings on this particular issue, Aang kind of really is like, I'm glad <laughs> that you are, don't want to be Ozai's son, but like, also that has really serious consequences. <laughs> that would make Azula yeah. the right to the throne, like the blood heir, um, which is a terrifying thought. Um, and so I thought that was like a very interesting addition um, just to have that because it does complicate matters a lot, um, but I love that Zuko doesn't really, really care. You know, he's like, if, it, if that's what it means, that's what it means. But, um, but I don't know, Zuko, it's pretty, yeah, pretty selfish there. I want my own family. <laughs> Just kidding. I liked it. I felt really bad for him, and I'm glad he brought some levity to it because it could have been awkward. Yeah. So they kind of agree to stop fighting each other and continue to search for their mother. Uh, go to another flashback, which is, this is one of the worst Ozai moments also. Uh, <laughs> Azula, they're like little kids, they're at the, at the table. Azula's talking about how she hates this instructor because he's dumb. And Zuko's like, he's not dumb anyway. And then Ozai gets um, really mad and and uh, he's like, Zuko, how dare you let your sister on firebending? Despite being a year younger, I'm sorry, she's only a year younger, not two years. How many more forms has she mastered than you? And he pretty much says, like, the line that Zuko says at the end of book one of, like, when you were born, we weren't sure if you were a bender at all. You didn't have that spark in your eyes. I plan to cast you from the palace. How embarrassing for a prince of the Fire Nation to have a non bender as his firstborn. Like, this dude was gonna cast out his own son just for not being a firebender. And then, you know, his mother in the fire stage just convinced Ozai not to banish him a baby yeah. from the royal palace. We'll cut the baby in half. <laughs> it's been a while since we had a John Mulaney joke. I'm sorry. It has been a while. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Yuyan archer comes back and he tells Ozai that he couldn't find uh, Akeem, and then, yeah, and then Ozai like demotes him, makes him quit his job, and 
Then Ozai, I toss with Ursa again. Um, and then pretty much I had this conversation of like, um, uh, Ozai thinks, Ozai's like, listen, you're treacherous and your own treasure is living underneath my roof. Like, you're lucky I'll let him live. Uh, but Hakeem, however, he got what he deserved. I killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's how that part ends. Because it still keeps you in suspense that maybe Zuko is, it really isn't Ozai's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think it goes back to the future or the present and Team Avatar plus Azula, which I really like Azula on, on Team Avatar for some reason. Uh, in my in my like video of picking my own team avatar in my own if I was avatar and I picked my own masters Azula was one of them that would be a yeah um, like yeah really interesting team, uh, team avatar it was her it was her Suyin Beifong Katara and then I changed it to Janor even though officially it was Macchiato but changed it to Janor. Anyway, they go to this play. I think it love. I think it's love amongst the dragons. Mm-hmm. But one thing I love this brother sister moment between Zuko and Azula, because they're like, um, so they're at the play, and Zuko's like, remember when Mother used to take us to watch the Ember Island players perform this play afterwards on the beach? You and I would reenact this very scene. I don't get why I always had to be the dark water spirit though. And Azula like smiling, talked to him. And like it's kind of reminiscing, like and she says, clearly I made a better dragon emperor. And so I just like that this is like the most brother sister moment I've seen between them. It's it's kind of cute. Yeah, yeah. I like that there's you know, they they do have a a past, a real past, not um not the adversary one that we saw in the show. I mean they, they always had issues, but they they were <laughs> just small kid issues, not save the world issues. Yeah. Uh, then they come across this seemingly normal family, which I, I have to say, I don't think I saw, I didn't know what this family was all about. I just- I did not whatsoever. <laughs> like, it just seemed like I, a random family. So there's a guy, a I dad, I forget his name. Uh, and a mother, I forget her name. And then they have a little daughter together. And Azula doesn't like the family, but Zuko's really nice little girl and stuff. She's like, you come again, come back again to have dinner with the family and everything. And he says, I really hope so. <laughs> Honestly, this is like the luckiest run in, I would say. This that is that's a huge plot convenience. Like how did you like they were like, Oh, wow, you oh, know, wait. we like literally just ran into them. I like, I don't know. Yeah. I think I do think later they explain that the dad heard them asking around by for a guy named Akeem. Oh yeah, so maybe. that's when he. That makes sense. I think they do. Okay. This yeah, this actually this story actually gets like quite complicated, so I don't know that I remember all the details, but. I think but I just saw cool. a spider, and I might have to burn my house down. So sorry if we lose coverage. <laughs> I was like, I uh, so we flash. My spiders now. <laughs> Charlie just kind of paws at him. He doesn't ever really eat him. <laughs> okay, so we flash back. Um, this one moment where 
they they pretty much go to the show flashback where Zula like goes into Zuko's room, tells him like, "Haha, Dad's gonna kill you," and then Ursa overhears that, and Ursa talks to Zula, and Zula's like, "I accidentally heard um, Grandpa telling Daddy to kill Zuko." And then her and Ozai have a really, I think, interesting conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Oh gosh, Ozai. So, as uh, Ursa goes, some says, "Ozai, you can't do this," and he says, "I have no choice. Refusing the Fire Lord's command is treason." But I am a merciful man. I am waiting until he's asleep. You won't feel a thing. Holy crap! Like, what the heck? Yeah, it is really bad. Really bad. So then Ursa makes the deal that she'll kill Azulon for him. She says, I'll give you a vial in exchange for Zuko's life. And then, because uh, she learned that from being a herbalist. And then Ozai pretty much says, like, sure, but you must, you must leave the capital city and never show your face again. Because with you around, like, you could then possibly poison me. And then she says, fine, but I take my children with me. Because a lot, a lot of people wrongfully talk crap on Ursa that she, like, didn't love Azula or something. She wasn't like, fine, I'm going to take Zuko with me. It's fine, I'm going to take my children with me. Mm-hmm. And she, she loved, yeah, you know, she loved Azula. And, and even Azula knows that. I mean, sure, sometimes parents maybe get a little bit more attention to other kids because maybe they might need it. Um, and my and you know, I think my dad probably gave one of my sisters more attention because she was kind of she wasn't a problem child. She just needed more attention. I got a lot of attention from from my mom. You know, my sisters say that I was a mama's boy. I don't think I was, but of course I would say that I'm biased. <laughs> I um, would say the same thing about myself, Chris. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but that sister lives with my parents until she was like twenty six. So who's the parent child now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah. no this is a i really really liked this scene the first time that i i read it i love it because it connects back to the original series in which we heard vaguely that ursa committed a treason of some kind yeah in order to save zuko and then she got banished somehow it's so vague in the series that it's like it, it has enough of a thread that it like you're like, okay, I, it's plausible, but we really don't know what happened. And there is so much detail in this scene that it makes me wonder if they intended to put it somewhere in the show and they just cut, they just couldn't find the time for it. It didn't make sense in, the, in this story, but like, there's so much detail here. And I really like the idea that the treason she's offering is poison to kill Azulon. But also then that Ozai does have the foresight to be like, well, wait, I can't, you just told me you have the ability to make a, a, an odorless, like colorless poison. Like I can't just, you just told me you have the ability to do that. You know, I can't leave you. Like I can't let you stay here because of that. So I think this is really clever all around and it fills in the holes from the series and it's just, Ah, this is just some really great writing. I was really impressed yeah. with it. Uh, and then, Az- then Ursa, after she gives the poison to Ozai, she then kisses Azula goodnight or uh, goodbye, and then she kisses Zuko goodbye. But Zuko wakes up 
which is really interesting parallel or interesting difference between two that like what if um what if azula woke up all right like after um after azuka woke up she pretty much told him like she loved him and i mean she would have done the same exact thing to azula instead of the last thing Azula's mom, instead of the last thing Azula remembers from her mom being like her reprimanding her, rightfully so, it would be that I love you. Yeah. And for Zuko, that's the last thing he saw from his mom was like, I love you type of deal. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a really great point. Uh, all right, and then we're back in the present. Team Avatar is like, go to this weird forest thing that Akeem was lost in, has a bunch of faces everywhere. Azula continues to go crazy. Not to mention this um, forest sounds like a nightmare zone. It sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. there's just faces everywhere. It's messed up. You guys just wandered into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they find this like brother-sister, this guy who got his face stolen by Cole the Face Stealer and this water-bending lady or whatever. None of that is really all that important. They're still on the search for his mom. Yeah. Then another flashback. Ursa finds Akeem again, which I, I, I love their moments. I do, before we move past the waterbenders, I do think that yeah. they're important for the decision that Zuko makes later because we stand my boy Zuko. He's so nice and pure. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, so a brother and sister, old waterbend tribe. One, the brother face is stolen. He just wears this weird wooden face, which I think it's a, it's a great design. Honestly, yeah. it's freaking creepy. It's terrifying. Uh, wait, did it get stolen by Ko? One day, the Phantom Bones. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, wait. What happened to his face? Or did it get? No, it wasn't Ko. Ko didn't steal his face. He, he just got in some weird accident and his face was disfigured. And then, anyway, whatever. Just know his face is weird. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that sounds rude. Take away appearance matters. This guy's face is messed up. <laughs> um, anyway, they're looking for Ursa. Aang has to, there's like this weird, there's these like three rivers that also, three lakes also make a face and the wolf is gonna show up depending on where it's at. Um, and that part I don't, it's it's fine, it's good. I just, it's not as important as everything else, honestly. Aang then finds the spirit and wolf thingy. No. Oh, and then book two, book two ends with Aang finding, oh, okay, so the brother and sister knows there's a mother of faces who can give you a new face, but you got to get to the right lake at the right time. So Aang finds it, and he finds the mother of faces, which is a really cool design, I think. And then Azula and Zuko are fighting for some reason. I kind of forget what that was. Sorry. I read, I'm skimming through the book. I've read the book twice. I meant to reread it before this podcast, but I absolutely uh, meant to rewatch or reabsorb in, in any fashion, and I did not. So I'm on one time through that was like two months ago now, give or take. Yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty fuzzy I, on the details. I, I had to do, do a little refresh. 
because but I, I do like it. it's it's a good story it's a really 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 solid story I think they fill in all the holes but man it does get complicated especially when they throw in these two waterbenders with this like face issue I was like how is this gonna relate back to the main themes here but yeah. lo and behold they are talented writers and it does relate back it's a really good story, and I think our, uh, I think my rating will like reflect that. But I will say that it takes a long time to pay off. Not to get going, like it's True. interesting from the beginning, but it takes a long time to pay off. No, I totally agree. It says we don't get any resolution to that letter until like really yeah. late in the third third one. Um, it does. It's it's a slow burn. That's for yeah. sure. They said it's not like it's a, a two book slog. It just I don't know. I think the maybe a lack of action in the middle part. I suppose, but mm. in the first part, I... yeah. So they meet the mother of faces, and she says like one thing. Her interest is, is dope. She's like freaking huge, and she says, "I am the mother of faces. Through me, separateness came into the world. Through me, came identity." The one became the many, which is a small statement, but it's like it delivers a whole bunch of lore into Avatar. Like, did she, is she the one that gives people distinctness? Like, Mm. because I I was thinking about evolution in Avatar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was going down this pathway. Like, where (laughs) did humans come from? Like, or because Avatar is all spiritual stuff, like, is there like a god who created everything or was things evolved from? Because at one point, Vatu, when he's fighting uh, Juan, he says, like, I, I'm ancient. Like, I am evil. Um, I've been around since the first of you crawled out, out of the mud. And that sounds like an evolution type of deal. Because, you know, yeah. humans and pretty much every animal came from some type of animal from the sea. Um, <laughs> so I started going down that path. Uh, but then, or maybe... Stuff there because of all of the animal mixes that are in the avatar world besides from the one bear just the plain bear in the avatar world all the animals are like crossbred so get into some weird questions there did you guys watch the honest trailers for avatar yet Uh, i did did, yeah okay yeah i love the uh i love the dual animal call outs in there yeah um okay so mother faces says like she can change anybody's face um she can also grant pretty much one favor for a human and then so Zuko needs a favor these two waterbender people need a favor uh, and then Angus like see there's the thing we actually need two favors I'm sure a big and gigantic yet beautiful and lovely spirit <laughs> like you can handle two favors right yeah and, and dropping that pickup game on it I like that it's nice yeah I saw okay. I saw a meme of like we're all sleeping on the biggest character development in those Aang's pickup game. It showed like <laughs> Aang saying like to Katara, "So papaya from the fortune teller episode." She's just like in Orzone to uh to the headband where they're dancing, and he's just like, "It's just you and me, Katara. Nobody else is here." It is like Aang's <laughs> Aang's pickup game has like more development than Aang himself. But. He he reminds me of Tom from Parks and Rec with his with that line he just dropped there though like he's about to tell that spirit that she's like thirty years old also call her young lady <laughs> yeah so 
Um, Zuko says he, he gives the waterbending brother and sister the opportunity to get the favor and then um, oh my book closed and then Azula says like you're such a constant disappointment Zuzu even when you're strong you're weak and the, she pretty much just cuts as the <laughs> as the fire as waterbending girl lady woman is making her favor wish like Azula cuts in front of her and just says we see a princess of the Fire Nation named Ursa. Tell me where to find her. And so then Azula got in front of her, which is so messed up. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of rhyme or reason. She's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess it sort of makes sense because the mother princess was like, all right, your group here, I will grant one one wish. And yeah. Dang. She in there. No, 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 we're going Dutch. One, one each, come on. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. But it's sweet that Zuko allowed the waterbenders to get their wish. Yeah. Over his uh, kindest mother. Azula is not so kind. <laughs> no, she's not. not even a little bit. Then the mother of faces says that she knows Ursa. She changed her. Uh, and she was like, I remember her. I cannot understand why a human of such beauty would ask for a new face. Uh, to test her sincerity, I offered her one as plain as can be. And she accepted. Well, I think that's messed up. And I was like, I tested her. I gave her a very plain looking face compared to the one she had before. And she accepted it. And pretty yeah. much said that she wiped her. Me- I don't think she said she wiped yeah. her memories. No, she didn't say she wiped her memories. Just said she gave her a new face at this point. Yeah. What we find out about what that trade cost her is interesting. That it really, uh, I have some opinions on that. Yeah. Yeah, so we then flash back again. Ursa's reconnecting with Akeem. And then, yeah, they're just reconnecting. Aang, I forget why he goes and fights in this one little battle. Oh, does he go and, and try to get the mother of faces? I, I do not Yeah, know. I believe he goes and tries to find the mother of faces after she said no. Yeah, he's going to beg again. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So at one point she says, since the be- she like throws Aang out of the water, she says, since the beginning of time, I fashion faces with great care and deliberation with all my heart. In each face, I put a piece of my own being. So yeah, so she must create faces. That's, That's pretty wild. That's a <laughs> crazy thing to have on a resume, Amy. <laughs> then she says, but then these humans trample into my forest to make demands of me as if I were their servant. They dare ask me to replace my precious gifts with new ones. Do you know how it feels to be told by such insignificant beings that your work is inadequate? So yeah, she's a god. Like she creates faith. Like who creates? It's, it's an interesting thing that I have. She too. Oh yeah, yeah. she does. <laughs> she's like, my work was not good enough for you. You're here for another one. Why do you Excuse need to get? Excuse me. Yeah. Like, she pretty much does mascara on it. It'll be fine. Then you gotta suck up, be like, no, 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 no. It was too good. Uh, we, <laughs> you did too good of a job, and we thought you could do it again. <laughs> Encore. Uh, she then she she then tells them all to leave, and then so we get another flashback, and then. 
And then um, the mother faces is, is giving Ursa a new face. She says, Ursa, I sense much pain in you. Do you really believe a new face will relieve, relieve you of this pain? She says, no, of course not. My pain comes from the memories of a life that I did not choose for myself. And then she says, I can do more than give you a new face. I can give you a new mind, one that does not remember the life that came before, but she can still keep the memory of I came. And then she says, do you want to do this? And then she says, yes. Uh, oh, and part of it, she says, how about my children? Will I remember my children? And then she says, are they part of a life you wish to forget? Yes, then you will not remember them. You must decide. And then she says, Zuko, Azula, I'm so horrible. And then she says, she agrees to get in a new memory and a new face. Dang. Oh, I remember reading this and being like, what? You just, what? I don't know. I could not believe this. I am very torn up about this because I, it makes me think not very highly of Ursa and I was doing so well with her. I really liked it. Uh, I don't know how you just, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, as I was yeah, going through it the first time, I had a hard time like wrapping up feelings on Ursa, like a deferred judgment. It's like, I got to read the rest of the book, see what happens. I don't know what she's up to. It's it's definitely a, a character flaw for her, without a doubt. Yeah. I guess, like, I, I could only imagine the kind of pain that you would have to be in to, I don't know, like, she, I don't know, I guess she just assumes that she's never going to be able to go back and see them, that she can't imagine a world in which Ozai would not be um, a barrier. Um, little does yeah. she know, they found the Avatar. Miracle. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I guess I guess like because she just doesn't think that there is any possible way to get back into the Fire Nation and to get back to her children, it's best to just erase that memory and be with the person she loves. I don't know. It's really, it is really tough. Yeah. No, I, it doesn't give her Mother of the Year award. Definitely. <laughs> uh, so then in the present. Zuko goes back to the family because now he knows that that's really his mother. And, uh, and Akeem knows, and like, Akeem is like, I thought you would come back. And then they're having dinner, just them four, which is like, oh gosh, it's, it's, it's the family Zuko wants. <laughs> it's his little sister, his dad, who's like cool, and his mom. Like, this is the dinner he's probably always wanted to have. Yeah. Uh, and then he's he's talking to Ursa, but her name is Noriko. He says, "Tell me, Noriko, are you happy?" And then she's like, "What an odd thing to ask. Just answer me, please." And then she says, "Yes, of course. I'm where I belong." And Zuko has this look of like the the most content Zuko has ever lived in his life. The most accepted, the most complete look of like, "All right, if my mother's happy. I'm happy. I'm good internally." To me, that that was. Finally, the complete wrap of, of Zuko's inner turmoil. Yeah. He found her. She was happy. She was safe. Yeah. That's so sweet. And he's so only sweet. a little heartbroken that he intentionally, that she intentionally forgot about them. You know, no biggie. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't he, know. He probably gets it as well as anybody. Like, it, what if, if all the children that might understand, he could probably wrap his head around it. 
That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wanted to forget that Ozai was his dad. I think he, he gets it. Yeah. So, you know, more than we can, for sure. Not that I know anything about people's family lives or whatever, but Zuko is probably <laughs> yeah. fairly understanding. Yeah. But then I came, it's like, no, this, we, we, we have to stop, like, Noriko, I have to tell you something. And Zuko finally says, my name is Zuko. I am Lord of the Fire Nation, and I am your son. And then, so Aang is still fighting, like, all these faces because, um, oh, yeah, Ko did steal his face. Sorry. Ko did steal his face. Because <laughs> now I'm seeing him. Um, so they're fighting all these monsters, spirit thingies, trees, forests that the mother of faces has. And then the water bending guy's mask is stolen off. And then mother face mother of faces realizes he doesn't have a face. And then she says, like, oh, Aang says it was called a face dealer. And then the mother face is like, he is my son. <laughs> Which is also a weird thing that spirits have can have kids. So that makes her feel bad that her own son took the face of this man. So then she gives that guy his face back. And then grounds her son. You're grounded, Co. That's a, just uh, just curious. Which kitty are we looking at? This is Zuko. What up, Zuko? Azula is crawling <laughs> behind the uh, the computer. Excellent. <laughs> they are part of this. At some point, <laughs> one will sleep on a keyboard because hashtag cats. Yeah. Uh, so at the family table, Akeem. Although at this point Zuko doesn't know his name is Akeem, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, Akeem tells them tells Ursa everything, and then he says, "I also had a name. I used to be known as Akeem." And Zuko's like, "Akeem." He's like, "Then this." Zuko says, "Daddy, yes, daddy." Zuko then says, "Then maybe this is where I belong to, with my mother, my sister, and my father." <laughs> and then Akeem had to like politely be like, "No." <laughs> He's like, no, but that's not possible. Ursa and I, we never. That uh, was like the most PG way to say. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Just leans in and whispers. He's like, not even second base. <laughs> I mean, like, I that's probably. They just, he just proposed to her. At, yikes. I mean, that's probably like the most explicit. Like time a PG seven show has alluded to sex, but they—I yeah. mean, they did it in like the best balance of of clear and, yeah. and non lewd, right? Like they—they they did it yeah. right, I suppose. Except, I wonder if who is the target audience of this comic? I wonder if like an actual child would know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Forget it. I don't think so because I read it to, to my daughter and just things go and she's looking at me now like, why are you talking about me? Um, <laughs> but Do you guys remember the movie that Robots? Of her head. Yeah, I, well, vaguely. I remember it was a movie. Yeah, and I mean, it's not a great movie, but they do have that joke where the robots are like, you know, the best, the, the fun part is making the baby and they have like a box of the <laughs> baby parts that they're supposed to put together oh, or whatever. Yeah. I, remember, I don't remember how old I was, but like 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 perfect age that I thought I was really clever for getting in. <laughs> whatever that age is. All probably right, so, too old. 
Azula then breaks the party up and she because she wants to pretty much in her mind she can get Ursa out of her head if she kills her mother and uh and she attacks Ursa although she still looks like that old lady I mean she's not old lady she just doesn't look as <laughs> the plain looking lady because you're kind of superficial today everything all right at home <laughs> <laughs> they said she was plain looking okay the Martha of faces said she was plain looking she said she gave her the most plainest face that's like not ugly not super cute just plain um so then azula's like about to kill her got her pinned against the wall um she says oh you know you've managed all this you haven't been trying to take me down anyway azula's pretty much saying that like you ruined my life um and then ursa says if what you say is true if I really am your mother, then I'm sorry I didn't love you enough. And Zula like cries at this moment, which is such a good scene. Azula is, to me, this is some great Azula work done here. And then Zula stops her. Um, and then, oh, at one point, Azula lightning attacks Zuko, and then he lightning attacks her back at her. And like just a lot of great character work done here. Um, Zuko then like, oh wait, the one close Azula. Anyway, uh, there's a there's a great moment where Azula's running away, and Zuko's like, "Come back!" And like Zuko's like, "Come back! I want to help you." And Azula turns around with tears in her eye, says, "Sam is always Zuzu, even when you're strong, you're weak." And then she leaves, and that's a, a really, I don't know, touching character moment. So then uh, they go back to the mother faces, and then the mother faces goes back to Ursa, says, do you wish to return to your words once before your memories all? And she says, yes. And then um, Zuko talks to his mother, which is, is really sad because now the little girl don't really know Ursa because she's like, that's yeah. not my mom. Like My mom don't look like that. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> like, like, me, memories. sad. Yeah, because memories make you who you are, your experiences and everything. And I mean, I'm sure she had the same personality, but still. Would be weird for sure. Um, yeah, so then Azula and his mom has a pretty great moment. She says, Zuko, I owe you an apology. I'm sorry I didn't love you enough. <laughs> like, holy crap. Zuko says, don't say that, but it's true. I, I forgot you. What kind of mother forgets her son? And Zuko's like, hey, things turned out OK. I've got some good friends now in the life I can be proud of. Like, that's mm -hmm. that's peak Zuko. Like, oh. I got some good friends now. That's my heart. Yeah. He had to, he definitely. He he forgave her so quickly and easily. It just shows that he just really wanted to find her. And yeah. uh, I'm telling you, he got it better than the uh, better than the rest could. He got yeah, it. He did. He did. Um, and then she says, "In the crown on your head, you look so handsome, Zuko. I may not have the right. I may not have a right to be. I may not have a right to be, but I'm proud of you too." Oh, um, so sweet. Yeah, my heart. and then Zuko shows her the letter. 
And like Zuko's like, I need to know about this letter. And then she pretty much says it's not true. Um, and then the flash is back. She just wrote that to uh, to to make Ozai mad. She knew that Ozai was intercepting his, her letters. Because yeah. um, then she says, like, you know as well as I do that Zuko is your son. And even Ozai says, of course he's my son. I had spies track your every move oh. for months before we were married. That's, man that's wow creepy man he's yeah that's that's a lot Ugh, he's the worst uh, yeah there's more ozai crap Ugh. it's amazing that you can come out of the then, entire tv series and only have a vague picture of how big of a douchebag he is <laughs> true there there is a lot of of nuance behind how unpack, often yeah so then Ozai says, why would you write such obvious lies? And then she says, maybe I wanted to see if you were reading my private letters. Maybe I wanted to hurt you even for a moment. Maybe I was just my wish. Maybe it was just my wishful thinking. And then Ozai pretty much says that if that's truly what you want, I will treat Zuko like he's not my son. I will treat him like crap. And every time I speak harshly to him, every time I wound him, every time I treat Zuko as if he were the son of a treacherous dog, I will simply be fulfilling his mother's wish. Like, how how dare you try to turn that? Ouch, man. That is so awful. So awful. But you know what? I gotta give props. They know how to write a villain inside <laughs> of us. Like, wow. I'm not very mature. If I was Ursa, I'd just storm down and be like, I knew he was yours the whole time because he's ugly like you or something like that. Oh. Something not true, but I'm, again, I'm not very mature. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the book ends with Ursa pretty much saying, like, there's so much I want to tell you about your father, about Akeem, about my life here in Hurrah. Marriage to Ozai was just so, so, and then she doesn't finish. And then Zuko says, wait, I want to know everything from the beginning. And she says, everything? He says, everything. And then she says, for you, my dear, I'll start from the beginning. And then that is actually how the book begins, the first um the first passage of the book is wait i want to know everything 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 for you my dear i'll start from the beginning and that's how the book begins so it's kind of one huge circular reference love that we love we love circles and ending and finishing on the same note great writing that's something my brain can wrap its mind around oh circle got it yeah And that's how the book ends. I love the book myself. One thing, also, I love these when they put them all into one format because this is a really nice book. It's like high quality paper. Yeah. I like this cover a lot. This is the only one that I have of them. I mean, I have the rest of the comments, but I have them individually. Um, but this one I bought because I just really liked it a lot. Somebody get hardback. Yeah, I almost considered getting the search in that format as well because I knew I was going to be all about it. But then it was like 45 bucks and I was like, okay, I don't have that kind of money because I could get the comments for not hardly like anything. Yeah, so I do have on Hoopla. Yeah. But, all right. Yeah, no, it's a great one. Um, so much Zuko and Azula and just, wow. It's a spicy story. And so interesting did not go where i was expecting it to go (laughs) no i I thought it was gonna be like three three books of them like just 
just wander around like saying her name or something. It's like how are they gonna I don't know what they're gonna stretch it. Like, yeah. I can just going through the same cities that they went through just instead of <laughs> instead of looking for a fire bending master, they're just, just looking for Ursa. Like I thought there would be some backstory, but I never would have anticipated all of the Ozai content. I never would have like guessed that Ko was gonna make an appearance, uh, much less yeah. his mom was gonna have a an integral role. All these things. So she no, I didn't. Be a god. I, yeah, I didn't have any real idea where it was going when I got to the end. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for so uh, next slides up are are the ratings, and then since there's a lot to to digest, uh, you know, I would imagine we should delve a little farther into the ratings than we do on an average episode. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I think it goes Chris's and then mine, and then Jamie's. You guys ready to jump into uh, those? Yeah. So my ratings are nines across the board. I forget which one goes first, but audiovisual gave it a nine. I love the art in this. Actually, I should give it a ten. Um, because yeah, the art's really great. I think this is their best work done, especially just the small, subtle facial expressions that they give Azula. Um, it's done really well. The story I thought was really good. To me, this is the best comic of them all. And I'm not I don't wanna I like the comics, but to me, they're uh, they're redundant to a certain extent because the story was done. This part of the story wasn't done. Um, and so most of the comics, I think, are just kind of okay, the story-wise. Uh, but this story, I think, is really good. And then Memorable, I gave it a nine. Another another great... I mean, it's, it's the wrap-up of the story of, of what happened to Zuko's mom. Uh, funny enough, I, was, I just watched episode one of Pora, and and Icky goes to Katara and is like, wait, it's not it's not Icky, it's Janora. Janora goes to Katara and is like, Grand, Grand Grand, what happens to Zuko's mom? And then Katara's like, actually, it's a really great story. And then Icky, and she's about to tell the story, and then Icky just like interrupts her. Oh, <laughs> then, yeah. It's a great like, story. It's true. I love that. When did like, they it, was, when this came out? When the search came out versus Korra? Um, it out? Came, the search came out in like 2013. Korra came out 2011. Oh, hmm. <laughs> Interesting. The, the joke was way more meaningful when I watched Korra episode one today than it was the first time I saw it and didn't really think much of it. Yeah, I'm not sure that I, that I recognize that. And I didn't read the comics until last summer. So, yeah. Wouldn't have wouldn't have caught that really. Yeah. Uh, this came out in twenty fourteen. Dang, yeah. Or at least uh, this one probably came out twenty fourteen, but the other books probably came out in twenty thirteen. Hmm. Gotcha. That was a well yeah. thought out uh, in advance joke. Then well done. <laughs> well done, Cora <laughs> creators. Joke. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Are you done? I'm just spacing oh, yes, out. I'm done. Yeah, sorry. Excellent. No, I'm just spacing out over here. I was actually, I got to be honest, I was actually checking the uh, Blazers score. The I I went nines across the board as well. I think the art was was tremendous. Um, and like I said earlier, it kind of is distinct from the TV show, but in a good way. It just, I don't know, it feels different, but it feels right for comics. Uh, the story was really good. I would say it. I didn't necessarily, it didn't hook me right out of the gate or anything like that. But once I got all the way through to the end and could see the big picture, 
I can see where you could argue maybe the individual pieces don't stand uh, don't stand alone very as well. But the whole picture, when you get that far, it it provides so much lore and such great tying together of a story that we would have wanted out of the TV series. It's not a new thing or like this is a very natural continuation of what we would have wanted after the TV series. So I really like that. And then memorable, um, you know, I just did it once, but I think it'll stick in my brain a really long time. I think it'll be a hard story, hard art style and thing to forget. I think these will stick in my brain possibly as one of the better comics we'll read. Hard to say till I get through them all. So that weighs out to a nine, and I had a very enjoyable time. Um, yeah, please just disregard the scores that I gave because I did not know how we were. Yeah, you know what? I see that it's not like rating a it's not like rating a video or a movie. Excuse yeah. me. Um, I will say, yeah, I can move all my scores up to nines across the board as well. I I originally <laughs> rated it lower for memorability only because I couldn't really remember. Some of the nuances. I remember that Ozai was awful, <laughs> like, really, truly awful. Um, and I, but I forgot like the little detail about like Ursa with the poison, and that's a really great de- detail. I don't think I'm going to forget it again since having refreshed <laughs> my mind there. Um, and but overall, it's a, it's a really great story, and um, I do believe this was supposed to be what their season four was going to be originally. Um, there was, um, there were, well, Mike and Brian like continues to say that like, oh, we weren't, we planned three seasons. That was it. Oh, we never thought yeah. about a season four. Although Aaron Ehas has said before of like, oh, we, we had these little talks about it <laughs> and uh, yeah. about potential season four. It seemed like he was way more interested in season four than they were. Oh. I mean, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, like this story doesn't make sense in the term in Angs. We yeah. are in the world of Angs specifically in like that journey, but, um, but also this this for one some reason so thought out like it had to have been planned for a long time, and it really shows. For some reason, I believe they pitched or they thought about doing a movie, a separate movie, which I think a separate movie would be pretty good because it won't feel like a season. It won't feel like you're dragging on the story. Um, it'll just feel like, oh, well, we just added this one little thing to it. Just to yeah, me, that would be TV like a good compromise. Deal. Yeah. And I'm, I don't know why or where I heard that from, but I'm pretty sure I heard it somewhere. But I, I kind of hate doing that whole, not giving a, a source type of deal. But I remember hearing that they wanted to do a movie, but for some reason it didn't work out. Yeah. Do you ever feel like Aaron E. Haas is like the third wheel? He's there. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah. Let's just do another season. It'll be great. Yeah. I mean, Aaron, Aaron E. Haas is yeah. such a strong writer. And um, he, I am I am happy he went on to do Dragon Prince, which is not necessarily like my cup of tea, but... Oh, I love uh, it. I absolutely love it. Oh, you guys both really like Dragon Prince. I think I haven't seen the most recent season. I I am a, if it has dragons in the name I'm in I've got like four of them on my shelf over here I'm I'm all about <laughs> it high fantasy yeah. setting that's up my alley too Dig it. yeah so that's what I was gonna say I'm not much for um high fantasy really I, I like eat it up. I like really hard magic systems and sometimes that kind of gets into like problems for me because I'm yeah. very 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 picky you about like a I rigid like. magical structure I really do like I'm like I want to know 
I like I want to know the magic system right out of the gate like page one I want to be able to understand what's going on in this world I don't I want to hear him say goofy words just hear him spout nonsense and have good results come out of it that's what I want <laughs> yeah no but anyway yeah this is this is a, a really strong strong story and it, I, I just feel like it was in the works in their minds ever since they finished the series i mean they they knew that they were going to tell the story in some form and i'm really glad they did because it's phenomenal and definitely one of my favorites i always tell people if you if you haven't read the search if which a lot of people haven't delved into the comics i was like you should read the promise first because it's nice lead-in but and it's also like the promise is pretty great too but um but this one is just really stand out to me any of the to me the 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 shows or the stories that i push hard on people is the search and now more than anything it's the kiyoshi novels it's like if you're yeah. not reading the kiyoshi novels you're missing out on a whole nother story of avatar right for sure for sure yeah, I don't know what distinguishes it necessarily. So far, I would say, you know, between these two small comics and the two full Kyoshi novels, I'd say the Kyoshi novels are, I don't know, they're more, more engaging reads overall, but I also understand the amount of effort that has to go into the animation, <laughs> and uh, or not the animation, the art in these comic books, and I understand that plays a big role that, as a non-comic book person, doesn't mean the same thing to me, so I get it. Those Kyoshi novels, man. <laughs> I just finished uh, listening to the audiobook of Rise of Kyoshi, and I highly recommend it. It's really good. Um, and I do think Rise of Kyoshi is like way better than the Shadow of Kyoshi, and I like Shadow of Kyoshi a yeah. lot. There's just there's just so much in there, so much good character stuff, like a rise rise yeah. up from the bottom of your of yourself, treachery, deaths romantic relationship <laughs> yeah, well, they won't I, say. Wasn't your, I wasn't on your shadow of kiyoshi review but i definitely really recommend rise of kiyoshi shadow shadow's fine it, it wasn't my cup of tea but rise of kiyoshi is awesome and i tell everyone all avatar fans <laughs> you gotta read rise of kiyoshi because she's right, amazing yeah. Rise just does a lot more of uh, story, a lot more action, a lot more for the lore, everything. So, but yeah, not to discredit these delightful comics, such as The Search, which it sounds like we all recommend that you go read if you're an Avatar fan. So, that is my conclusion. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? Uh, go vote. I don't know. Whenever go you vote. Yeah, this. that's a good one. Hashtag go <laughs> vote. That is a great one. Is there uh, yeah. anything more American than voting? Maybe voting with a hot dog or something. I don't know. <laughs> hamburger? I don't know. What's more American, hot dog or hamburger? Yeah, go vote. I like that. No, if that's it, then the, this Hot dog, definitely. Hamburger I think hot dog is from, more American, personally. Yeah. yeah. Hamburger comes gets its name from the place, Hamburger. That's fair. You know, there's also a Shaler, Germany, <laughs> and I'll probably never visit it. <laughs> this has been Avatar The Last Podcasters. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. As always, it was a pleasure to have you balance out my, my horrible, incorrect opinions about Zuko. No, I love Zuko in this book. This is Zuko's finest hour in this book, potentially. So, uh, But thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to see you. And I'm glad to see that the cats are getting uh, acclimated 
to this base. Yes. Great name choice. Chris, it's always good to see you too. I don't want you to feel shorted. It's always great to see you as well. And I'll also see you very shortly because we're going to record another episode like always. It's going to be a blast. So this is Avatar The Last Podcasters. Thank you so much for watching and we will talk to you soon.